No, baby, that's for somebody else. We're just going to keep you right where you're at right now. The Wrestling Realm presents Break It Down with Brian H. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this episode of Break It Down with Brian H. I'm your host, Brian H. Waters. This show, of course, is brought to you by the Wrestling Realm. You make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. But this week, we have a special guest joining for the first time, the lovely Miss Krista B. from Those Wrestling Girls. Miss B, how are you today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm good. So it's an honor to have you on the show. Um, I was on Twitter one day. I think it was Twitter, Instagram. And I came across uh, you and your co-host show. And I was like, all right, let me check it out. You know, I'm going to go ahead and say it's my show. Two black women talking wrestling. It's what I do. So I wanted to, you know, check it out. And I fell in love with it. And, you know, I'm subscribed actually on Apple and Spotify. And I'm subscribed to the YouTube channel. Wow. <laughs> that's love. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for that. Oh, my gosh. That's so much. I, we love the love. We love the love. No problem. We got to support each other, you know. Of course, um, of course. So before we get into because we're going to talk wrestling, folks. But before we get there, um, tell us how you guys, uh, I'm excuse me, how you ladies decided to start the show. And how long have you been a fan? Ooh. I've been a fan since I was six years old mm-hmm. when The Rock debuted at Survivor Series at Madison Square Garden when he was rocking the whole pineapple head <laughs> hair type. With the blue on, he came out as Rocky Maivia, and and from then it's just been like an obsession. I want to say, um, the you know you get to that point in high school and stuff that kind of stops, but for some reason I I think they announced the Rock was coming back, so I was just like, all right, I'm gonna watch the Rock, and then I saw how the women started like to perform, and I'm just like, oh shit, these women are nice. Like this is different from you know growing up in Attitude Era. And seeing the bra and panty matches and everybody being all scantily clad and things like that. So once I started talking about wrestling, uh, me and put me and PR was um, writing for the same company at the time, and we were at a meeting, and I had mentioned something about wrestling. She was like, "Oh my god, you love wrestling too?" I'm just like, "Yeah, girl, I watch it every Monday." And at that time, this is when SmackDown was on Thursdays again before it went back to uh, Tuesdays, mm-hmm. and. Since then, it was just like we had that instant bond, that instant connection, and from then we just kept brainstorming. And I was just like, you know what? We got. I would think I was listening to Black Girl Podcast at the time, and they were just talking about how they just started their own podcast. And I'm just like, you know what? We have to start a podcast. We have to start a wrestling podcast because we have all these ideas. We're doing something that nobody's ever done before. We have two black women from America at that because there's not any black women also hosting their own podcast and that's focusing on women. So once we came down and brainstormed everything and came up with the logo and things like that, we just took off. We started in October and we just been going up ever since. Yeah, I enjoy it. Um, you know, shout out to y'all because y'all uh, featured my girl Dana Brooke on uh, one of your spotlights and I'm a huge Dana Brooke fan. Um, always have been for some reason. I just liked her when um, she was in NXT. I think just because uh, 
how she was able to use her bodybuilding background and, you know, incorporate that into wrestling. Uh, and then, um, you know, I had a chance to meet her at WrestleMania 20, I mean, 33. And I told her, I said, look, I'm a fan of yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, come here, give me a hug. You know, so Aww. I actually have that picture at my desk at work. Uh, nice. You know, I had a chance to meet her, Samoa Joe, and a couple other people. But, you know, so I could always appreciate a good Dana Brooks spotlight. And I'm, you know, definitely looking forward to seeing what else you ladies have up your sleeve for the show. Oh, there's plenty, so you have to stay tuned. <laughs> so, uh, real quick, before we get into the show, let people know where they can find you. Me, personally, on Twitter, Krista D. Bryant. For PR, you can find her at Queen, three underscores PR. And then, um, collectively, you can find us on Twitter at T Wrestling Girls, Facebook, Those Wrestling Girls, like the page, and our discussion group, and on Instagram, Those Wrestling Girls as well. Cool. Well, folks, you know where to find her. Um, you going to NABJ, National Association of Black Journalists Convention? Um, no, not this year. I wanted to. Ah! I know, graduating from Columbia with my master's in journalism, I should just be all over it. But no, <laughs> not this year. Not at all. But I do want, I did want to go. I did. Uh, so uh, I'm about to give you a quick line, see if you remember this. Uh, right before World War III, 1995, <laughs> this might be uh, before your time. Macho Man says something like, I'm predicting that the next time there's going to be a Dungeon of Doom, it's going to be three members, Lex Luger, the Giant, and Sting. Or he might say Kevin Sullivan or somebody. So I'm saying this. I'm going is that I'm predicting one day at NABJ, there's going to be a wrestling discussion talking about black wrestlers and you, I, and a few of other people going to be on there. Oh, Speak that to existence. <laughs> I would love to be on that. Yeah, uh, so uh, we're going to see. But let's get into it. Interge intergender wrestling. Um, that's been a big thing lately. We It's um, something that was prominent during the Attitude Era. We saw a lot of intergender matches. Um, and then we saw a lot of intergender exchanges. Uh, one that stands out to a lot of people is when Stone Cold Steve Austin, Triple H, the two-man power trip, took a bunch of chair shots to the back of Lita. Um, we also had matches like uh, Albert versus Stephanie McMahon. Now they kind of got away from it, but now they're bringing it back this past Sunday in the main event of Slammiversary, Impact Wrestler Slammiversary 17, we saw Tessa Blanchard versus Sammy Callahan. What's your stance on intergender wrestling? I like them. Mm -hmm. Because of the fact it gives the women that push on some anything you can do, I can do better, or I can just prove myself. Like, I feel like I'm equal with the men. Okay. I do like them. But not, now that it's something that's becoming so prominent, it's just like you, you kind of cringe a little. Like, oh, my God, are they, uh, the guy is really going to hit these females and hit them as hard as possible to see if they can really take a hit, a punch, a bump, or something. So yeah, that plays in the back of my mind. But if a woman can kick ass, then let a woman kick ass. Like, let her show what she's really about. Not saying that she has to face a dude to show what she's really about. It just adds to the dynamic. Okay. So, and, you know, I, and a lot of people. So here's my stance on it, right? Oh, I swear you guys, I'm not picking my nose. I just have a nose ring that I need to fix. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, you know, I, I look at it and I say, I, I, I'm. I don't mind the wrestling, 
Right. But when it comes to the striking, and I know that a lot of times with wrestling, in order to get your move, you kind of have to strike your opponent. That's where I'm like, uh, I'm a little, it's a little cringeworthy to me. And granted, in the past decade, we've seen a lot of it on the independent circuit, but now it's being brought forth in the mainstream. You know, it's on television. Um, but, you know, I mean, what about, uh, I can't remember, the, about 2000. Uh, 11 12, we saw Mia Yim take on Greg Excellent at CZW in a uh, TLC match, and then they did it again a few years later. I believe it was 2014, I mean, 2016, they did it again, 2016 17. Um, and you know, that's chair shots, ladder shots, um, you know, everything. And I get it, like. I guess from a you know a man's perspective as a person who's a father and a husband, I don't want to see a man striking a woman. Yeah, I grew you up know. on that too. You know, never hit a woman. You're not supposed to hit a woman. But then there's also the fact of this is kind of what they signed up for, especially mm-hmm. with this evolution that is still continuously happening. Is like okay, we don't want to be at first. It's like we don't want to be seen just for our looks, our body. We want to be seen for more. Now it's, we want to main event big pay-per-views. So now they main evented um, WrestleMania. They main evented the women's section of WrestleMania or Royal Rumble in the past. So now for you to main event WrestleMania, the grandest stage of them all, is like, how do you up that? How do you top that? So now it's, I'm going to fight with the dudes again. And then this fight is not going to be as harsh or as cringeworthy as Attitude ever was. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to sit here and prove that I can take it like a man. I can whip your ass like a girl, but I can take it like a man. So that I, I get that dynamic. But at the same time, it's just like they always have to try to up themselves, like take it up a notch. So as long as, you know, the women don't get seriously hurt to where a man just like snaps and becomes abusive or something and then like goes off script. I'm completely fine with that. Right. Because that's their profession. Now, you know, we saw Sammy Callahan accidentally hit Eddie Edwards with a bat. And that was kind of like one of those, um, one of those things that was an accident, but kind of worked in his favor because it drew, it gave him so much more heat than what he initially had. Mm-hmm. I don't think he gets that same type of heat. Correct me if I'm wrong. You being a woman, I don't think he gets that same type of heat. Where you know people are like, all right, now we want to boo this guy. I think people will really like don't want to see him no more if that happens to Tessa Blanchard or somebody. Right, you're right. You're right, because it's just like, okay, now you take it, you took it a little bit overboard now. Like, and you granted, really want to hit her with a chair. You really mm-hmm. want to throw, throw her through a table. You really want to push her off of a ladder. Like, she's a woman at the end of the day. So, fans, it's like the wrestling world and fans are so topsy-turvy. Because mm-hmm. woman is like, yay, you know, we like the fact that you and Becky are going at it. But then the minute you do something where Becky agrees to it, but the fans don't agree to it. You're automatically booed. Or you're automatically torn apart on Twitter or on Instagram, whatever social media platform. 
So it was like, you really have to, and sometimes people don't care like what they say on Twitter or whatever. Other times people just like, oh shit, like I really messed up. How can I redeem myself? Like when Triple H and Austin became the two man power trip and they did that to Lita, you already knew they were the ultimate heels. And fans like that. Yeah. Now, if it was the Hardy Boys who did that to Lita, <laughs> they would have had no career after that. Mm-hmm. So I guess it also depends on who does it and how you pre- present it, I guess. Now, can you imagine? Um... Imagine if there was social media back then. Uh, I was listening to your latest show, and one of the things I appreciated was the uh, conversation that y'all had about wrestling and social media and, you know, keeping it kayfabe and when it doesn't get kayfabe. But, and I started thinking, you know, I'm like, wow, you imagine if there was social media during that time, how the fans would have reacted. Right. And I understand we was in a different era back then you know we was in the the jackass era where people was just doing a lot of crazy stuff that whole mtv that 90s late 90s early 2000s era where things was completely different dare say the world wasn't as um sensitive right but it does make you wonder like man what would have happened it does make you wonder but like i said and like i said in the episode um Toxic Twitter wrestling, go check it out. Y'all on YouTube is up now. Um, I appreciated the fact that it wasn't on social media because we had a chance to enjoy it. We didn't have to really ask the questions. We didn't really get to see them on planes together or posting pictures together. Like we didn't see that, and we really thought the feuds and stuff were real. Some of them were mm-hmm. after learning about it after a while. Some of them were. Some of them were just like, oh, I don't f with him. I don't f with him. I don't f for her. I don't f for her. But now you don't know what's real or what's what's fake. Yeah. Like when it comes onto the feuds, because you have social media. Like I love Becky on Twitter. I love Becky Becky on Twitter, especially when she goes out when she's going out with, with Ronda Rousey. It just made you feel like, oh shit, they really don't like each other. Even when you was watching her twenty four, I don't think it was a time where Becky and Ronda came in contact with each other and like hugged each other at the end of the match like the guys do. Mm-hmm. So that makes it seem like, oh, right, they really don't like each other. So when Ronda come back, Becky needs to shape up because she's coming back for that title. Stay right there, right? I'm going to go off script a little bit. I mean, we're going to get into Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. Are you tired of Becky Lynch right now, or are you a huge fan? Um, I know in the graphic, the show graphic that we have, you have a Becky Lynch shirt on. But how do you feel about her now that we're in July as opposed to the way you may have felt about her around WrestleMania? So I... Still love Becky Lynch. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always loved Becky Lynch. Um, I think my feelings for Becky Lynch grew. Okay. Because she had this badass persona. Like after she wanted to fight from Survivor Series, and she couldn't fight because she took that horrible blow from Naya. And it was just like, you can't come, you can't come. I believe like she was really growing tired. She's like, you know what? I'm going to sit here and do what I'm going to do because of the fact y'all not listening to me when I was on Nice Becky. Y'all kept throwing me down, tearing me down, tearing me down, tearing me down. So when it got to that part, deep down in her, where she was like, F this, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. That's so I'm just like, yes. Like she gave me that. Stone Cold Steve Austin, badass. I don't give a damn. I'm, I'll fight my boss if I have to to get where I'm at. 
So I'm not tired of Becky at all. Like Becky can keep doing what she's doing. And I'm just gonna be like, yay, Becky. Woo! Like, I'm not gonna be tired of it at all. I'm gonna disagree. Okay. Uh here's Your the opinion. Thing. Right, right. This this is the best part about the show that you know we're on two different sides. It's not her fault, but right now I'm bored with the same stuff. I think these back-to-back back matches with Lacey Evans is what's killing it for me. Um, because it's the same thing. I wanted to see, you know, I wanted to see her win the title at WrestleMania. And then I wanted to see her have these fresh feuds. Uh, I wish Sasha Banks was there right now. I think those two would have a good feud. Um, I'm not one to know, like, I, I don't know if, I'm not the one to read, to subscribe to all the things about Sasha being upset or whatever. I just think she's just simply taking time off. That's just my opinion. Um, right. But, you know, there's so many women on the roster that, you know, when Stone Cold, you compare to Stone Cold Steve Austin, when he first won the title at WrestleMania 14, he had Foley a couple of times. Then he got into a few with the under the Kane, then the Undertaker, you know, it was kind of set up for him. Um the second go round, you know, then it, the McMahon thing kind of happened like by accident. It was like lightning in the bottle. But I'm looking at it. I'm like, come on now. Y'all keep giving me Becky versus Lacey Evans. And then, you know, I was watching an interview with her on a Christy Leahy show, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about Rhonda again. And I'm like, Ugh. I get it. But I'm just like, I, and there's no to me, but there's still no better person on raw right now to be women's champion right you know i just want to see her doing something else so you never said am i tired of this becky lacy dynamic you said am i tired of becky i know now (laughs) when it comes to the repetitiveness yes i am very exhausted i'm worn out of seeing the same thing over and over um over and over again about okay becky and seth Lacey and Baron, like I'm tired. I'm so it's like they give me, and I mentioned this like as much as I'm a fan of Roman Reigns, like I'm a huge Roman Reigns fan. I was getting tired of this Roman push before you know he got sick and had to leave and come back. And every time I mention Queen PR, I'd be like, wait a minute, what? Like, I am just tired. Um, which Roman's push though (laughs) was it the one before, um, before he first? Won the title? Yes. When, no, okay. no, no, no. It was when he won the title and, you know, he was feuding with the McMahons, but then he stopped feuding with the McMahons and they just kept bringing him on and then John Cena had to call him out around okay, that, that era and then the Miz and called, like, around that time. It was like, okay, let's go, Roman, but switch it up. Like, mm-hmm. he kept doing the same moves. He kept coming on saying the same thing. His mic skills were not up to par like they are now. Like, it was a lot that was bothering me. I'm just like, all right, you're injured. Go be injured. Come back. Be 100 times better than what you was before. No. He went, was injured, came back, and was still doing the same things all over again. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay, stop giving me this push. So, Becky now, Becky's amazing on the mic. Her moves again becoming better than what they were before, but it's just like I'm tired. Like I'm tired of Lacey. I'm tired of Becky in the same ring together. I'm tired of Seth. I'm tired of Baron in the same ring together. 
all over social media. And I know they're trying to do this build, but I just hope after this build that there's no more. Like, they're separated and that's it. Because mm-hmm. I don't want it to tarnish the fact that they're in a real relationship. Like, me and P, we saw that picture that Steph posted and we was just like, oh my God, we love it. Like, so I don't want it to tarnish the real relationship that they have. Like, you- WWE knows how to Somebody, I think, was well, I'm not sure if it was you or somebody on Twitter said, Yes, WWE knows how to literally squeeze the life out of something like if it's a lemon. No, it wasn't me, but I agree. I probably retweeted it. But let me ask you this How you feel about that shirt, though? You know what? The, you know what I'm talking about? The man's man. Yes. You know what? <laughs> That shirt. See, this, this is why I had to bring you on because mm-hmm. I knew I was gonna get these type of reactions. As you can tell, mm-hmm. I'm be a show. <laughs> right. She always says my facial expressions are the funniest. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. Shout out no. to my brother Corey from the Wrestling Marks of Excellence. He tweeted. I mean, he put in our group chat. He said, oh, they just really want us to hate him now. Hate right. him. And he put that in the wrestler community Facebook page. And I was just like, oh. And, and it's it- like, we get the fact that, you know, Becky's won- going around wearing the pants. What are you going to do? Bring stuff in the skirt? Mm-hmm. Like, no, don't emancipate him. I mean, sorry, not emancipate. Sorry, wrong word. I know what you're trying don't to Don't emasculate be. him. Like. Don't emasculate the man. Like, he's a man, too. Like, we get it. They can both wear the pants in the relationship. They can both call the shots. They can 50-50 here. 50-50. Don't. That man's man screams, yes, I'm her bitch. Like, <laughs> don't do it. But, you know, the thing is, when you look go back and look at um Seth Rollins, and uh, he's a guy who I was critical. I ain't going to lie to you. I didn't buy the fact that he could beat Brock Lesnar going into WrestleMania. Um, Which I was there for. Oh my god, it was amazing. I'm so lucky. Um, <laughs> I was like, he's he's not. No, like I wasn't buying. It. And you remember the story going into that amongst the internet wrestling community was WWE is not going to give us three happy endings. You know, and they did. Yeah, they did. They like they did. And then, and then it was also if you could only you remember all these polls. If you could only choose one happy ending, which would it be? Of course, mine was Kofi Kingston. But I mean, I was torn. Torn. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm a storm. It was like, no for me. I, 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 you know, I was... win, but it's just like Bexy. It's a double whammy for me because Kofi would have. Kofi is the first African African American to ever hold the universal, you know, the belt. But Becky's a woman, and women are finally headlining main events in WrestleMania. So it was just like, who do I pick? Like, do I like? But I'm happy. I didn't have to choose. We all got what we wanted, and I went home with a lost voice. And when that one in the opening match, it was like, "Uh oh, we know we ain't getting Kofi." <laughs> you know, right. we, we, like, eh. and, and when Kofi won one, two, three, boom! I literally jumped in my little cousin's arms. Now he's little by younger by age, but he's bigger than me. bigger than you. Yeah. I jumped and like. I couldn't believe it. I remember me, we, we had a house full all over my house. My, me, my dad, my cousin, my co-host, Dwayne, um, my 
few of my friends, my uncle. And then it was a point where I was watching it. And then my uncle, who got me into wrestling, is sitting there. And I was like, ah, oh, come on, Kofi. He was like, you knew he wasn't going to win a match like that. I said, I'm, I'm in kayfabe mode. Like, right. this is what I do during WrestleMania. I go full kayfabe. You know, WrestleMania season, I stay away from the dirt sheets. I don't want to hear it. I like interacting with fans. But the moment they start trying to book the show, I get away from them. But yeah, I really don't want read dirt sheets either. Not even for live events like this. Like I really don't read it. Mm-hmm. Can care less about it. Like we're not gonna sit here and um, you're not gonna sit here and ruin it for me. So exactly. therefore, no. Exactly. But before we close out with Becky, Seth, um, Baron Corbin, Lacey Evans, will we see any genderness in this match? Will we see Becky? Clo- I mean, no. Will we see Seth Rollins body slam Lacey Evans or Baron Corbin hit um, his finisher on Becky Lynch? What do you think? I'm so biased because I feel like Lacey Evans does need a good curve stomp sometimes. (laughs) But I don't want Baron to touch Becky. So I'm just so biased when it comes down to this. But I also, I don't know. I, I don't know if they train it and they can take it. Then the women, I give my hats up to you guys. But will I be surprised? No. The curb stomp is already dangerous as it is. It is. And I was happy when they brought it back. I was, I was Me too. Really, I was just like, I don't I don't even, I forget when it was brought back. But when he hit it, I was like, oh, my God, they allowed the curb stomp back. Wasn't it just crazy? Was it against like Dean Ambrose or something, or leading well, right around that time when him and Ambrose was beefing? I believe so, or probably a little bit. I think were they beefing after Seth's, Seth's injury? No, it came back after Seth's injury. Yeah. Okay. So they weren't beefing as much back then. Like and after Seth got the hurt, and Ambrose got hurt, right? R- right. And like they won yeah. the tag titles or something. But, Which I was also there for that at SummerSlam. Yes, I was. Okay. And I had good seats. Yes, I did. <laughs> but and so you know, I, I, yeah, curve stomp to Lacey Evans. Ah, she would get a lot of respect from the boys and the gals in the back. You mean the nasties? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So let's move forward. We talked about Kofi Kingston. How you feel about his title reign so far? I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, the fact that you know they're saying that he has won, has held this title for over X amount of days, and you do the math, it just don't add up. But <laughs> I love the push. Now, did you go to Raw after Mania? Of course, I did the entire. I did NXT all the way up until SmackDown. Okay. Were yes. you nervous? For. When they made the announcement that it was going to be him versus Seth Rollins in a uh, unification match, were you nervous that they was going to take the title right off of Kofi? I had those in my mind. Okay. And the reason and I why also I... was ready to go in the back and approach Vince and know that I was going to get arrested for doing so. Oh, so Lord. either way, it was in my hometown of Brooklyn. Like, you can't do that to us Brooklynites. Like, right. you can't. So, <laughs> you yeah, I already had it in my mind. <laughs> Because I remember my buddy Terrence, who's probably listening, um, shout out to him. He tweeted, and I'll never forget this. He tweeted, I mean, something along the lines of, I prayed for 
Kofi to get the belt, even if he was just going to hold for all night. God, I didn't know you was going to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember my heart racing like during that match. And I said, you know what? The best thing that's going to be about Kofi Kingston's title reign is that every match we believe he could lose the match, lose the belt. You know, it's not going to be one of those things. Yeah, sure. We may say, yeah, he's not losing the Ziggler. I think we're kind of getting a little bit more comfortable now. Um, but I think he could lose. Can't get too comfortable. That's when they're going to spike you at the knees. Yeah, I think he could easily lose to Samoa Joe. And I think at this point, if he does, I won't be upset. The main thing I want to see is that when he does lose the title, don't send, don't gender Mahal him. You know, I want to see Kofi as a, a mainstay in a main event or important storylines. But I think he's found his voice and found a way to say, like, look, I'm a superstar. I'm a going, I'm a megastar, you know, right. uh, and etching his name into WWE history. Um, you know, JBL had the title once, but he had it such a long time that he's still regarded as like one of the top WWE champions in the modern era, you know, even though I couldn't stand his reign, couldn't stand it at all. Um, yeah, me neither. He got so cocky, and I'm like, when did they make him rich? Like, this is when I kind of fell off and came back. I'm like, okay. Hold on. Who was JBL? Where's Bradshaw from APA? Mm-hmm. Where's the Black? Where's all of this? Like, who is this man? Then they made him rich and cocky, and I'm just like, come on. And then the money with his face on it, and I'm like, Okay, he's an arrogant son of a gun from mm-hmm. Texas who's bragging and boasting. But then he got injured or retired or whatever the hell, and I was kind of happy again, so. <laughs> yeah, you know, and like, you know, because like Kofi defeated Daniel Bryan, and everybody who knows me knows that DB is like my favorite wrestler of all time. Um, before it was him, it was Hogan, and yes, I'm still a Hogan fan. I understand what was said, but I also look at it from a different perspective, um, a different lens, a different vision. He was wrong. And, you know, I take a lot of heat for it, but guess what? He follows the wrestling realm on Twitter after he saw the NWO like video. So I was pretty happy about that. And it was after that whole situation, but you know, like the new day said, they forgave him. So I've, I've been forgiving him a long time, but it was a time where it was Hogan and it was like Hogan and Brett, favorite wrestlers. Then I listened to Daniel Bryan. This is during the 2014 chase that led us, I mean, 2013 and the 14 chase when he was getting ready to, um, at this time he was like beefing with Randy Orton and he would win the title, but then they say, no, you're not champion. And I realized like, man, like this guy, somebody I connect with, he like, he loves wrestling the way that I love it. And for reasons I do, you know, and from that moment was like, he became my favorite wrestler. So it was like, when he won the title again, something I never thought I was going to see ever happen. And then all of a sudden, like, man, well, he's going to defend against Kofi Kingston. And then I'm thinking, there's no way Daniel Bryan, after all that he done been through, he's going to say everything. He's going to make Kofi look good. There's no way they're going to, he's going to let the WWE powers that be say, no, nah, Daniel, you're winning this match. Um, after all that was said, you know, because it was very Booker T-esque almost. It just didn't get right. that, you know. And then, and even, like, when Bruce Pritchard tried to defend it and Conrad Thompson, you know, said everything that the culture was saying, like, no, there was no reason to go that far if you wasn't going to put the title on Booker T, you know. So to see Kofi rise above that, like, 
It's like, man, yeah, I'm rooting against my favorite wrestler of all the time, but this is for us, you know? So it was phenomenal to see him win. And I'm glad to see the type of title reign he's having. Me too. I'm happy that he, he's having this title. I'm happy that they didn't Sasha Banks him. <laughs> and I'm mad that that's even a term now. Like, I'm just so upset that that's even a term. Like, okay, we're going to Sasha Banks you. Like, I really thought mm-hmm. that they were going to go way past WrestleMania. Sasha and Bailey. Me too. And then the fact that you lose to um, the Iconics, Iconics, the way, like, Everybody in the arena was just like, this is bullshit. Like, I was just so mad. And I was texting P like, what is this? Like, because she likes the Iconics. Like, she likes the goofiness and stuff like that. Me, I really don't care too much for it. Um, But I get it's the character. It's the gimmick. You got to be a part of that. Like, you got to do, you got to stand out. But when you lose to the Iconics, then they don't even defend. That's the problem. It, it it really it's really become bothersome because you don't defend at all. Like you literally just go around and laugh and joke and bring up um little to no talent wrestlers so you can beat in the ring and then say, Okay, I'm we're we're defending our titles. No, you're playing with them. You're not taking them as serious as you should. That's why when Paige called them out today, I was happy. Mm-hmm. And they had better matches when they weren't champions. And, you know, to see with Sasha and Bailey when they had that real emotion at the Elimination Chamber and they talked about how they fought for those titles and they fought. They did. And I was like, okay, now, but this, and then the, the hell that they put themselves through, when you look at what Sasha and Bailey did, you look at even Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, Naomi and Carmella, the, um, uh, Anaya Jackson, Tamina, and the Iconics—all the hell that everybody put themselves through in that match for those titles, just for them to kind of fall by the wayside. Now it's like, come on, now, right? And it, it bothers me. And if if it doesn't bother anybody, like it bothers, and I feel like you're not a true wrestling fan. Like you're really missing the essence of what it meant to get those title belts what it means for women to get a part of that brass ring to climb that ladder to get that brass ring so i just hope that sasha comes back i hope that you know charlotte has been on a bit of a hiatus too mm-hmm. um i just hope that they come back and they can climb back to the top of the women's division where they rightfully belong yeah i think with charlotte too it's kind of like a um you know how wrestling don't necessarily have that off season, but yeah. you, you might see them kind of disappear. I think it's just a well-deserved break because she's my favorite wrestler in uh, women's wrestler right now. And I think when it's all said and done, Trish Stratus is my favorite of all time. I think when it's all said and done, Charlotte is going to be the GOAT if she's not already. Right, um, right, right. Um, And, you know, I'm going to bring up at this point, uh, shout out to my boy uh, Champ Creed. He believes, I want to know your, your um, thoughts on this. He wants to see, he thinks a match between Charlotte and Daniel Bryan would be something that would be, you know, kind of box offices. 
<laughs> you sound like everybody else now and, and where he was going with that from and, and you know he'll correct me if i'm wrong but what i thought he was going what i saw was more of that wrestling style now granted we know daniel bryan no offense will wrestle circles around charlotte uh he's just been doing it longer but his perspective was you know you got the best women's wrestler put in the ring with daniel bryan one of the best male wrestlers and you have an actual wrestler match it's got not going to be that intergender match we saw sunday at slammiversary right See, the only thing I, the reason why I made that face is one, because I was thinking about the height differential between Charlotte and Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, how is that going to work? Mm-hmm. But then I just envisioned him off the top turnbuckle, hitting with the double knees. <laughs> okay, that worked. Um, but you're right. That, I mean, I don't know if it'll be a box office thing because, you know, he's married to a wrestler. His daughter adores him, like watching him in, in the ring and stuff. So I don't think he would ever take that into consideration about him wrestling the female. Mm-hmm. But if it was to happen, I wouldn't be mad at it. It'll be something to watch. But box office, mm. uh, maybe. It, it, yeah, you know, he, he was swearing. He was like, "Come on, man, I'm trying to tell you." I'm like, "No, bro." Mm. <laughs> So let's move on. Uh, AEW. How excited are you for the promotion? Do you like what you see so far? Yes. Oh my gosh! Like, so I didn't get a chance to watch the first. What was it? All or nothing? Double or nothing? Double or nothing. Yes. I didn't get a chance to watch it because I believe I was doing something else work related. I don't know. I can't never keep up with myself. But the clips and stuff that I've seen, I was just like. Oh my gosh, like this is phenomenal. Like the women for first of all, awesome Kong coming back mm-hmm. sold me. Sold me. Like I was just like, why is she not wrestling? You know, she's an actress in Globe and she plays a wrestler. I want her to come back. It would be dope if she come back to WWE and this, that, and third. And you know, this is around the time when Nikki Bella had came back, so it was like this feud, oh, maybe this is a rivalry we need to come back. And then she appears in AEW. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like, um, and then the whole tearing down of the chair, the throne. I was just like, oh, you've been put on notice, WWE. You've been put on notice. So I'm loving the direction. I'm loving how it's given these people of different backgrounds and, you know, colors and race and everything this opportunity that you don't get to see like you don't have to see the same cut and dry thing every single week everything is just so diverse and i'm not mad at the bloodshed either okay i'm not mad at the bloodshed the chair shot to the head is a bit excessive just because we know what it can do now before we were we were oblivious and not aware of what it can do but now it's just like um yeah, take it easy on the chair shots to the head. But other than that, Dusty Rhodes is smiling at his sons. Yeah. The, his the family. The match with him and Cody, I mean, match of the night, probably match of the year, depending on who you are. Right. Uh, I mean, my match of the year is going to be Kofi and Daniel Bryan, of course. But just the way, the story that they told, and then the way it ended, and then uh, – Call, you know, and and 
like I, the Jabba Tears podcast put out, I think it was them who put out the um, video where they mashed up when Dusty said to uh, Dustin, I want to be your partner. Yes. And, and I got chills watching that together because I remember where I was. And granted, I might have been like six or seven. Um, but I remember sitting in my uncle's room when he first showed me that tape. Because I would excuse me. Yeah, I would um he would cut my hair and every time I would get a haircut, when this when he was living with my grandmother, I would sit mm-hmm. there and watch wrestling, you know. Um and then he would tell me, like, yeah, this happened, this happened, let me show it. Or Saturday night, uh, WCW Saturday night would be on. And I remember watching that. And then just to see, like, how those two stories, like, kind of um, came together. And I'm like, wow, you know, I'm excited for October. Um, I agree, though. The chair shots to the head is just like, oh, come on, dude. Like, really? I get it. Uh, I get what they were trying to do. I just hope that right. that's a one-off. Uh, from the sound of Tony Khan, he, I think he said it wasn't planned and it's going to be a one-off. I'm excited for him. I've always said that in order for there to be somebody to compete with Vince McMahon, you have to have somebody whose pockets are deep that loves wrestling as much as Vince does. And, you know, a lot of people will say, well, no, nah, he got it. No, you got it. Because Ted Turner, what people fail to realize is Ted Turner loved wrestling so much that he was in the red for years and he didn't care. He would tell them, yeah, we losing money. I'm in the red, but guess what? They want to cancel it. I, it's my network. I love it. So it's not going anywhere. Boom. Eric right. takes over, turns a profit, NWO, the rest is history. They just got in their own way. But as soon as that merger happened, it was like, all right, yeah, we can get rid of this mess. Um, but Tony Khan and well, the Khan family, obviously, you know, they own the NFL franchise. So I think they have enough capital that, you know, more than likely, you know, business, they're probably going to lose some money. But I think they have enough capital that they'll be able to, you know, uh, withstand that and then be able to, you know, turn a lot of profits. And wrestling would be great because I think it's what it's causing is going to cause WWE to step their game up. Right. So now, let me ask you the question, even though it's your show. Sorry. Do you think there'll be any intergender matches in AEW? Well, he said no. Um, okay. One of the things he said was that he was not a fan of that. That was the only thing he wasn't a fan of at all in. Uh, I'd say he was at the show. He didn't like the fact that Jordan Grace got struck in the face during the, um, the uh, over-budget battle royal. Um, right. And so he said, no intergender matches. But do you think it can be changed if they, you know, add certain stipulations to it? You know, because you're going to want to do things that your fans are going to want to see. You can't ignore the fans because the fans make you who you are. So do you think things are going to change? I wouldn't be surprised, but I could say that if anything, this would be Impact Wrestling's way of kind of getting their feet back in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they're putting on better shows than they have been in a long time. Um, to me, my issue with them is they're on Twitch. I think that if they were on a television network, it would be easier. I know that we do a lot of live streaming, even if they was on YouTube. Just the, the issue I have for me personally is that, one, I usually, unless it's WWE, and now I've been watching AEW, I usually watch wrestling on delay. Like, I'll 
go back and watch them when I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but if I miss Twitch, um, and I'm not subscribing to Impact Plus right now, but if I miss the um, Twitch time, then it's like, oh, well, you know, I go on the channel, it's not there. And maybe I'm doing something wrong, but, you know, I want to see, like, if I can go, I had that on-demand ability to be able to watch last week's show. Right. Um, but I think this is where they can kind of get their feet in the game. I wouldn't be surprised, like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Cody and the all the 80 million executive vice presidents was able to convince Tony Khan, like, look, intergender wrestling is working. Let's go with it. We'll just be careful. Like, you know, like you said, even if you keep it to keep the strikes at minimum and keep it about the actual wrestling. Right. But it's like, how far can that really go? I mean, we'll just have to see when the time comes. Mm-hmm. If the time comes. Yeah. It'll happen. It's going to be fun, though. You know, um, the business is definitely in a great place right now. Um, overall, I think we're, we're in that summer period. So, it's kind of like, uh, you know, we, we, you know, pick up soon. Um, but it's definitely, uh, you know, we get ready to get on the road to SummerSlam, which that's one of the things I don't like right now about WWE, where back in the Attitude Era, your SummerSlam uh, teasers would be a set right now. Mm-hmm. That's so true. You know, 98, you knew you were getting Austin and Undertaker. Then they, you know, they they booked it there and they booked backwards with the tag matches and stuff. 99, you knew that Triple H was going to be in the SummerSlam main event. Um, didn't know it was going to be a triple threat match necessarily, but you knew it would probably be some variation of Triple H and uh, Austin. Nine, uh, 2000, you knew it was going to be The Rock and Kurt Angle and Triple H somehow, some way, you know. So... That's my thing right there. I just want to see, you know, kind of them get back to that. Well, hopefully they do. Because, like, I feel like the wrestlers call them out a lot on their stuff. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to take heed to it. Right. Like, even Kevin Owens today, like, you want to call yourself the best in the world, Shane, but you, every time you come on TV, you take um, moments away from Oscar. And for the Kabuki, like he literally was calling off names, and I felt like that was literally an off script, but um, true statement that needed to be heard and needed to be said. Like Cedric Alexander yesterday, and I called that, so that's definitely Cedric Alexander. Like, that's not even uh, Ricochet no more. Like, that's definitely Cedric Alexander. Yeah, I went to sleep. I ain't gonna lie. I was like, you know what? I don't want to see this match. (laughs) I'm going to bed. But you know, one thing's about Kevin Owens. Did you see Buddy Murphy's tweet? I did not see Buddy Murphy's tweet. Yeah, he tweeted, thank you, Kevin Owens, like right afterwards because because uh, he mentioned his name too, yeah. Yeah, it, it was it was it was spot on. And that was the you know, with Bischoff and um Heyman behind creative now, I think we're gonna get a little bit more moments like this. I think last week Heyman brought it heavy on Raw. So then we expected SmackDown to come back with it, and it kind of didn't. It was just kind of like a normal episode. But then this week we got the show open with, you know, the backstage, or like the earlier pre-tape with Kevin Owens and Dolph Ziggler, and then so forth with Kevin Owens doing what he did and then finishing out the night. Um, this is a guy I think that we'll see wearing the WWE Championship before the year is out. What you think? I agree with you. I definitely agree with you. And I feel like with Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff and these executive creative roles now, 
Mm-hmm. Like, Heyman knows what we want. Like, we want a little bit of attitude, but we want a little bit of gold. Then we want a little bit of every era and this whatever era this is going to be because it's no longer a PG era. Like, it's literally aging out of PG. Mm-hmm. Um, but for Bishop, I feel like Bishop needs to come a little bit stronger. Like, granted, his WCW reign, he was literally kicking WWE's behind in ratings back then. Yeah, but we haven't seen Bischoff yet. Paul Heyman was just on SmackDown. Why but was you, Paul Heyman on SmackDown? But you don't think you know what we saw from was Bischoff esque as far as with the Kevin Owens stuff? Just telling him. Well, yeah, that. Okay, but that, you want to see more? I want to see more. Now and, and then you know, um, I think the best part is some people said um, you got two older guys who was doing their thing in the 90s coming back and they kind of don't have that confidence but I think the best part about that is that they've been away in the sense of well Bischoff at least been away but with his podcast and his live events he's mm-hmm. getting more of a pulse of the fans Yeah, you know and same with a, a Bruce Pritchard now people you know Pritchard obviously he isn't doing as much um, as those guys are but I think by them, you know, Bischoff, from what I've uh, heard, that he's getting ready to move to Connecticut. And that just goes to show his commitment to the um, the product. Okay. That would be dope. You know. And I really can't wait to see what else <laughs> Bischoff or Heyman have up their sleeves. Right. I just needed it to, you know, nurture my wrestle. Like, and there are times where I'm just like, okay. This person should have ran out and helped this person. Mm-hmm. The cue this person's music. Like, it got to a point where it was predictable for me. And I had liked that predictability aspect of it. But then at the same time, it's just like, damn, give me something. Give me some type of surprise. Give me something. Like, and everybody, once you go on Twitter, you know, after the goes off, you go on Twitter, you see how the Raiders are dropped and this, that, and the third. So. We'll just see what happens. We'll just see what happens. Yeah, we'll definitely see what happens. Um, but you know, we get ready to wrap this up. Before we do that, any bold predictions for Sunday's? Um, I'm about to say elimination team, extreme rules. Sasha Banks comes back. Oh, okay. You heard it here, Sasha folks. Sasha Banks come back because they keep throwing jabs at Bailey. Doesn't have any friends. Bailey can't keep her friendship. Bailey this. Bailey that. <laughs> Sasha Bank comes back. She comes back. She shuts Alexa and Nikki up. She may turn on Bailey. She may not turn on Bailey. But Sasha, if y'all have been watching her Instagram, Sasha's been training in Japan. Oh, yeah. Sasha, I guess she's in Japan. Yeah, Sasha's in Japan right now. She was in Jamaica. Now she's in Japan training. I wouldn't be surprised if you hear her music hit. I tweeted Sasha Banks is living her best life, and everybody needs to learn how to do that. And she liked the tweet, so... I mean, if it works, it works, right? Right. I, 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 and you know what? She needed a refresher, too. I don't care what anybody say. Um, you know, wrestlers don't get off seasons. To me, they're the greatest athletes in the world because they do more. And I will – anybody who knows me knows that you better not use the F word around me. Um, don't call it fake. Uh, right. Uh, I've been in the ring once as far as uh, learning how to take a bump. It hurts. And I would never call it fake. If you call it fake, you're disrespecting my friends, such as me and Yim. And 
company, so I will not have that. Do not disrespect them. Exactly. <laughs> you know. I uh, agree. So, um, but you said Sasha Banks comes back. I like it. Um, I hope that you're right. I hope so too. <laughs> you know, I you might be getting so that call from uh, Connecticut to tell you come on up uh, a little bit further up north. My predictions be spot on, and I'm telling y'all every time. <laughs> I heard every you say time. that I y'all uh, y'all conversation must have been uh, you know. My weak. predictions be spot on. Like I said, when we were sitting at Hall of Fame, I said, watch. Somewhere in this weekend, Road Dog is gonna come back. Trisha, no, yeah. After our weekend, the following week, Road Dog and Jeff Jarrett came. Like when I say my stuff be spot on, it's mm -hmm. spot on. Like I'm, it's it's too scary on how spot on it is. How many WrestleManias you been to? This was my first. Oh yeah. This was my first, and okay. I'm just like a kid in the candy store. All of me and my all of my twenty something odd ages. First WrestleMania ever. Oh, happy that you got to experience that. I've been to two. Um, every year, if I, you know, I, my first one was 28. And every year that I didn't go, I'm like sad. Uh, so I didn't get a chance to go this year. I, I had plans to, but then things happen. You know, you got to be res responsible. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm always happy when I, you know, get a chance to talk to people. I say this, every wrestling fan, whether past or present, should at least experience WrestleMania because it's at nothing like one it. time. Yeah, there's nothing like it at all. And but I can relate to Becky talking about um, WrestleMania ended at what she said. WrestleMania ended at 11 or 12, where I became champion at like one. She, like, yeah, she was. was it so long started at on four seven and she became champion on four eight. Four eight, yes. Or oh, her match started at four eight, actually. I think mm -mm. it didn't, it was the seventh. It started at 11 something at night. Okay, and she became champion at 12 something that morning. Yeah, I, I remember we had a um post show, and for some reason. Uh, my program decided to act crazy halfway through the show. So I felt bad because two of my friends who had stayed after we had sat together for eight hours mm -hmm. uh, and then they did the show with me and then it didn't work. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> you talking about that. Yes. You talking about saying it was it was a good show. I mean you could it probably was for the best because you could kind of hear like the tiredness in our voice. But yeah, still, it was it like was real tiring. People were leaving. It's like my kid got school tomorrow. I said, "Well, see you later." I know. I said, <laughs> you know, you, 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 WrestleMania is definitely one of those weekends you don't sleep. Um, when we went in Orlando for thirty three, it was you know, woke up, went to hit access on Saturday. You know, my boys they hit the Hall of Fame. I, I mean NXT. I hung out with my cousin. Woke up that morning. Got some good breakfast and then went to uh, watch WrestleMania. Uh, you know, we tailgated and then we went to the show. So, you know, you, you just kind of say, look, I'll sleep when I get home eventually. Right. You don't <laughs> sleep. And being that we usually I would do like SummerSlam weekend, but I won't do like NXT. I'll do um, SummerSlam, Raw, SmackDown. Mm -hmm. And being that now SummerSlam is being considered a takeover. Um, I was I was kind of OK with those three. But doing it from NXT all the way up to SmackDown for WrestleMania, I was like, oh, no. You had a wrestling hangover. Hangover, body ache, all that. 
Oh, man. Like, I felt like I was in the ring with them. But you know what, though? You, you, you always had the experience for the rest of your life. And I would never regret it. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you a real, you're a real wrestler fan for real. I love it. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so um, when's your next show? We record tomorrow. Okay. We're not going to tell you what, though. Of course, it's going to be a surprise. But we, will, we will be releasing something new later on this week or next week. We like keeping you guys guessing. I love it. I love it. Remind the people where they can find you. Instagram, Those Wrestling Girls. Twitter, T Wrestling Girls. Facebook and our discussion group, Those Wrestling Girls. Find me on Twitter at Krista D. Bryant. Find PR on Twitter at Queen3 underscores PR. And we love to hear from you. Join us. Cool. Yeah, I'll make sure I'll be in the uh, Facebook group as well. Um and you know, we let's continue to talk wrestling. It's been a pleasure to have you on here. Thank uh, you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. You can't make this your last time, just to let you know. Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> so, um, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Break It Down with Brian H. Until the next time, folks. So long, everybody. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Break It Down with Brian H. Hit the subscribe button and turn on the bell so you get notified every time the Wrestling Realm posts new content.